What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and it is great to be hanging with you today. I hope all is well in your world as we get ready to delve into the world of pro wrestling. As always, thank you so much to all of you who support us on the socials, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Shouts to all of you who are subscribed to our podcast. And if you're brand new, welcome. I'm glad you found us. Welcome home to your new favorite wrestling podcast. I know it's your first time, but trust me, you're about to have a whole lot of fun with us here at The Faction. All right, I want to just dig right in because there's a lot of news to get into as we get into a large international day happening tomorrow for the world of pro wrestling. Before I do that, I want to offer my congratulations to Lacey Evans. There's a name we haven't heard in a while. The last time we saw Lacey Evans on WWE television, she was announcing that she was pregnant. And to just let you know how far back that was, Ric Flair was her manager. In case you didn't notice, Ric Flair has been removed from all things WWE, not just because he's no longer signed there, but because of all of the stuff that happened surrounding the whole dark side of the ring plane ride from hell episode. In case you missed it, go back and check that out on YouTube or on Vice TV's app or on demand. It's really incredible stuff. But if you'll notice, Ric Flair, he had his whole woo and his image that was a part of WWE's intro that has been removed. So when you go back and watch it, it feels like it's a little empty space in there. It's because there's no more Flair references. Very interesting. Be that as it may, Flair was the manager of Lacey Evans when Lacey Evans announced that she was pregnant. He almost acted like it was his, though it wasn't. And I mentioned all of that to say Lacey Evans just had a brand new baby girl over the weekend seven pounds eight ounces congratulations to Lacey Evans it seems as though she and her family are healthy and well and that is exciting to see so congratulations to them you know the thing that's always interesting and I think it bears saying when a female wrestler has a baby or gets pregnant, it is thought by many to be perhaps the end of her career. Now, you look at someone like, for instance, Becky Lynch, who's proven that it is not the end of her career. She went off, of course, was gone for about a year and change and came back. But that's kind of a rarity, right? Unless you already have kids coming into the business, when a woman gets pregnant, it's as though her career is over. Over. It doesn't always have to be the case. We've seen, of course, Brandy Rhodes make at least a return to television, not necessarily a return to in-ring action. So I'm always intrigued, and I think I understand why. For one, having a child, if you've never had a child, it definitely changes your life. And certainly as a man, you know, it's one thing because you work, et cetera, et cetera. But again, because men's bodies aren't initially impacted, they take time off from work and then they head back to work in any profession. It's always different for women. And uh, I'm intrigued, right? So off the top of your head, are you interested in Lacey Evans coming back? Now, let's just kind of keep it 100. Lacey Evans is by no means Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch left as champion. Lacey Evans has yet to taste gold in the sport of pro wrestling. I don't know if she made 
a large enough impact where people miss her and want to see her again, but I am intrigued. So let me know what you think. Do you want to see Lacey Evans back in a ring following the news of her having a baby? Let's have that conversation. In the meantime, let's get into some other information because a lot is going on. So first, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw was the go-home show for the Crown Jewel pay-per-view, which takes place tomorrow. And the episode drew in an average of 1.593 million viewers, which is up by a about 10,000 viewers from last week, 1.582 million viewers. Now that key demographic of 18 to 49 saw the average at 0.39, which is down from 0.42. Here's what that ultimately means. This go home show for Crown Jewel was the sixth lowest total viewership in the history of Monday Night Raw. And in that key demo of 18 to 49, it was the lowest rating ever for the show in that all-important demographic. Now, that's really interesting, right? We've seen a whole lot of things happen with Monday Night Raw. We've seen some talent changes, etc. We must also remember that they are in competition with Monday Night Football. So there is that, and there are playoffs happening in baseball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But with all of that said, still, those have been challenges for Monday Night Raw every year this time, right? And there were times where, of course, Monday Night Raw was able to do a lot better. Now, I'm thinking and wondering if Monday Night Raw is getting ready to place a lot of emphasis on the draft. The draft already happened, but their quote-unquote new roster will report for duty this Monday. It's also the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. What will happen? I don't know. They certainly had a great main event with Charlotte Flair defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. I thought it was a fantastic match. Charlotte's still the champion after getting disqualified. Great match. But the question again becomes, what does WWE have to do to boost the ratings for Monday Night Raw? We've seen the last two WWE title changes happen on Monday Night Raw, which I think is always a ratings boost. You know, that included, of course, a cash in for the money in the bank. You know, we've seen all sorts of interesting things. Roman Reigns, the Usos, they all appeared what does Raw have to do to really change some things? Because I don't think that they'll be able to continue to post these kinds of numbers and stay in the favor of the USA Network. It's also very, very telling to think that Monday Night Raw drew in about 300,000 viewers more than Dynamite. Dynamite is not supposed to be able to compete with the 28-year juggernaut that is Monday Night Raw. But Monday Night Raw is no longer the flagship show for WWE. I think we all know that. So this gets very, very interesting to watch what's happening with WWE and with Raw. But these numbers don't lie. And the idea that it is the sixth lowest rating in the history of the show and that it is the lowest rating in the all-important 18 to 49 demographic says a lot. I don't know how much further to the drawing board Monday Night Raw can do. I will say this. I think it's interesting that they made so many changes with NXT and has yet to do that with Monday Night Raw. Perhaps Raw is the show that needs the overhaul. I don't know. 
Let me know what you think at the Faction Show. Meanwhile, speaking of NXT, NXT 2.0 was last night, and it was the go-home show for Halloween Havoc, which takes place next week on NXT. This is a significant card for a couple of reasons. Besides the fact that it is a classic WCW reboot, it is the first major card that NXT 2.0 has had since this rebranding happened earlier last month. Part of me wonders if NXT has the talent roster right now to pull off an event of this nature. And I know some may be going, well, what are you talking about? Well, the whole idea of these NXT takeovers, etc., 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 certainly means the opportunity to showcase your top-level NXT talent. And in the past, it was akin, of course, to a takeover. What will this look like? That's the big question. I'm not sure of the answer, but of course we will see next week. It'll feature several spin the wheel, make the deal kind of matches. We've got some titles on the line, including the tag titles, the women's title, the women's tag title, and the NXT championship. So pretty much almost all of the titles are on the line, except the North American championship, which that title picture looks like it's going to get pretty interesting really, really soon with Johnny Gargano returning last night with Santos Escobar still in the picture and with the new champion of course being Carmelo Hayes so this is going to be really interesting to see what NXT does and how they work out this whole Halloween havoc I understand that Chucky is supposed to be a part which feels very WCW-ish to me, but I get it. It is also promoting the Chucky show on the USA Network, which follows NXT. So, yeah, that's interesting stuff. And uh, I don't know how it's going to go down. Obviously, we'll watch next week. And, of course, we'll talk about it. When we come back, I want to get into the significance of this Thursday, tomorrow, in the international world. We touched on it a little bit yesterday, but we're going to get into it a bit more right now. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, i got to plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were going to be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How do we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm going to do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're going to pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor. And now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever going to happen here. 
fast forward a few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a them and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. All right, guys, so I'm sure you have heard that tomorrow is going to be a massive day in the world of pro wrestling, as, of course, tomorrow is the crown jewel pay-per-view for WWE. But before that airs in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it will be the finals of the G1 Climax Tournament, which I am super excited about. So if you are putting your time together, the G1 Climax Tournament airs tomorrow at 5 a.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Pacific, and then seven hours later is going to be the Crown Jewel pay-per-view, which airs at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific. So if you're a wrestling junkie, which I'm certain you are, that's why you're listening to this podcast, right? It can be a very, very busy day of pro wrestling for you tomorrow. Now, the G1 Climax 31 final airs on njpwworld.com. You can sign up there for less than $10 a month if you're not already signed up. It is amazing. You get to see all of what happened, of course, in New Japan's history. So incredible stuff. Stuff. So earlier today, the B Block final took place at the G1 Climax, and your winner is Kazuchika Okada, who defeated the previously undefeated Jeff Cobb in 23 minutes and 35 seconds. He will face Kota Ibushi, the Block A winner, in the finals tomorrow morning here in the States. The winner will be in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom to battle for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Now, this is a rematch of Wrestle Kingdom Night One's main event. That night, Abushi won, and uh, this is kind of crazy to see what an insane, and I do mean insane, main event that's going to be. So when I talk about it being a massive day in the world of pro wrestling, this is no joke. Okada taking on Abushi tomorrow, 5 a.m. Eastern so I'm super pumped, and I'm certain others are pumped as well to watch this. This is going to be nuts. Again, that's tomorrow, the finals of the G1 Climax. And then, of course, in the WWE, beginning at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, it is Crown Jewel. That pay-per-view is a pretty stacked pay-per-view. And now I know there's been a lot of controversy historically over this pay-per-view. And I've got to say, I still think it's way early for this level of international travel in the WWE. But again, who am I? I'm still one of the guys who wears my mask, right? Not casting aspersions on anybody else. I'm just saying, I believe in protecting ourselves, all right? With that said, it's going to be a huge, huge card at Crown Jewel 
tomorrow where Roman Reigns will defend the Universal title against Brock Lesnar. Big E defends the WWE title in his first big pay-per-view title match against Drew McIntyre. We've got a Hell in a Cell match between Edge and Seth Rollins. We also have two tournaments crowning winners as the King of the Ring sees Finn Balor taking on Xavier Woods. The Queen's Crown Tournament sees Dewdrop taking on Zelina Vega. So it should be very, very intriguing. All of that is happening on Peacock. What a great day for pro wrestling. I'll be tuned in because that's just what we do. Do I expect title changes to happen at Crown Jewel? I don't know. I feel very confident that somehow, someway, Roman Reigns will walk out as the winner. I'll be shocked if Brock Lesnar becomes the new Universal Champion. I also think that Big E is going to retain the WWE title. Perhaps the two matches with the greatest intrigue to me are the Hell in a Cell match between Edge and Seth Rollins. This is kind of the rubber match between them after SummerSlam and the big match at Madison Square Garden. And then the SmackDown women's title match. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair. This could go a lot of ways. I honestly thought that Bianca Belair would come into this match as the Raw Women's Champion. Instead, somehow Charlotte is still the Raw Women's Champion and she's headed to SmackDown on Friday. I think there are a couple of scenarios where this will be interesting. The only one of the three in that match that are actually still on SmackDown as of Friday will be Sasha Banks. So it makes sense that she would win the title. But this is pro wrestling and a lot of things don't always make sense. Becky Lynch could retain the title or Bianca Belair could regain the title. I think if Bianca or Becky wins the championship or leaves with the title, they end up doing that whole swap thing that happened last year between the New Day and the Street Profits where they just swap belts, right? Because it's just kind of awkward to have the Raw Women's Champion on SmackDown and the SmackDown Women's Champion on Raw unless some decision gets made where if they're the SmackDown champion, they have to head back to SmackDown, et cetera, et cetera. I'm probably thinking way too logically about all of this because with Monday Night Raw needing a huge jump in the ratings, perhaps they need Charlotte to show up as their Raw Women's Champion. Does SmackDown need enough of a boost for Becky Lynch to have to return? I don't know. Either way, I think this is going to be some very interesting programming. Now, I will say historically, the Crown Jewel pay-per-view and the Super Showdown pay-per-views have not necessarily been the best. We've seen perhaps more scary moments happen, including Goldberg nearly killing The Undertaker or that absolutely abysmal match between DX and the Brothers of Destruction. This will be one of the first times that there's no Undertaker on one of these cards. So that's intriguing. There's no Kane. There's no Triple H. There's no Shawn Michaels. What will this talent do? There is Goldberg, and he's fighting Lashley in a no-holds-barred match. I don't know what's going to happen there, though. It's in Saudi Arabia, so they'll probably give Goldberg the win. I don't know. But let me know what you think about Crown Jewel and the G1 Climax Final happening tomorrow. Will you be watching on either of those platforms? Let us know on the socials at The Faction Show. All right, guys, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. And uh, we will likely have another show this week. 
particularly to recap, of course, what happens at the G1 Climax and what happens at Crown Jewel. And of course, on Friday on SmackDown, you got the new rosters kicking in. So this is all going to be very, very interesting for pro wrestling for sure. And then, of course, on Friday, you have Rampage as well, which should be a live show. The next episode of Dynamite, of course, is happening this Saturday. So again, tonight, no Dynamite. So get yourself ready for that. But I do think that we've got an amazing week of wrestling ahead of us. Again, tomorrow, the G1 Climax and Crown Jewel. Friday, you've got SmackDown and Rampage. Saturday, you've got Dynamite. And we've yet to talk about this. Maybe we'll do this next time. The Bound for Glory pay-per-view from Impact. In fact, that pay-per-view and Dynamite will be running head-to-head. So that'll be interesting. Though we all know that there really isn't much competition in terms of viewership, AEW versus Impact. Interesting. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. Have an absolutely amazing day. And be sure to hit us up on the socials as well at The Faction Show. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is GB Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction.